Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, called Pure Worship. I've heard some amazing stories uh, about people who took God up on his promises and spent their life just saying, Holy Spirit, lead me, and had amazing encounters that probably never would have happened unless they had prayed that and been looking for opportunities, something like this. Lord, you've given me today, so would you lead my feet to someone who needs encouragement? Would you lead my feet to someone who needs to hear the gospel? That starts to get your eyes off of yourself. It can give you a deep-seated joy, and you look for opportunities to redeem your time. Amen? That's what it means to pray without ceasing. It means that be open to his will for your life. Prayer reminds me who I am in Christ, that I serve him. Prayer relieves me of those things I'm tempted to worry about, carry and lose my joy. I cast those things to my father. I cast all my anxiety to him because he cares for me. He revives me as I pray, as I fellowship with him. He touches me and fills me. Effective ministry and service will always flow from abiding prayer, fellowship, and worship. Acts 6.4, the apostles say, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Abraham Lincoln. I've been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and of those about me seemed insufficient for the day to fulfill the task. We can come up with all kinds of strategies and we can make our lists Plan A, B, C, D, E. But George MacDonald says, in whatever man does without God, he must fail miserably or succeed more miserably. (laughs) See, if we start to do this on our own and it becomes all about our agenda and our kingdom, even if we succeed, we will fail. So this is what it means to be in fellowship with God. It's relational. We are to rejoice in hope, Persevere in tribulation, Romans 12, 12, and be devoted to prayer. It's much more that could be said, but I will tell you that I think a Godward gaze will get rid of a lot of your worries. The story of Mary and Martha is apropos here, right? Mary is sitting at the Savior's feet, drinking in his words. Martha running around, preparing a meal for the Lord. Come on. This is not a time to be spiritual. We're making a rigatoni. All right. Now it's a Jewish household. A falafel. <laughs> right? Tell that sister of mine, she thinks she's so spiritual, <laughs> to help me, Lord. Loose paraphrase. Whoa, Mary. <laughs> Hold on, girl. You're worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is really necessary. And your sister, oh, the sorry sister, has chosen the better part and it won't be taken away from her now it doesn't mean that you spend 24 7 sitting somewhere before an altar or something like that but it's the heart of mary that we need to grasp see there's a way to order your life where you live it before the presence of god as you devote yourself to prayer and devotion quaker thomas kelly says there's a way of ordering mental life in more than one level at once. 
On one level, we can be thinking, discussing, seeing, calculating, meeting all the demands of external affairs. But deep within, behind the scenes at a profounder level, we may also be in prayer and adoration, song and worship, and gentle receptiveness to divine breathings, close quote. You see, folks, if you think that worship is about the time that you spend in this building, you don't know what worship is. This is part of your worship. The singing portion of our service is music ministry, and it is an expression of worship. But this should then catapult you into your life of worship, where you are not conformed to the world, transformed by the renewing of your mind, you present yourself as a living sacrifice to God, holy and pleasing to Him. Amen? Huh? Anybody? Oh, okay. Like, no. <laughs> no, I feel, I feel convicted. I'm not going to say the end. <laughs> Number three, verse 18, positive imperatives. In everything, what's your Bible say? Give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. A lot of people are always asking about the will of God. What's the will of God in my life? Well, the will of God in verse 3 of chapter 4 is that you abstain from sexual immorality, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. This is the will of God. You be sanctified and abstain from sexual immorality. And then to chapter 5, another verse about the will of God. And scholars would say that all three imperatives, positive imperatives, are included in that summation so that this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, or give thanks in all circumstances as the NIV has it, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will is that we are a thankful people. Now, I will tell you that, once again, if we find some solace in habit of life ideas here, we are not always going to be thankful because there's hard things that happen and it would be hard to say, thank you, Lord, for that. If I hit my thumb with a hammer and it's pulsing and blood's spurting out, the first thing that comes to my mind is not, thank you, Lord, thank you. That's wonderful. I know you're going to boom, 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 work this together for good. Splurt, splurt, splurt. How? I don't know. Right? I don't think that's what the Bible is saying. There are times when hard moments hit us and it's just, it is what it is. But eventually we can get to Romans 8.28 and realize that God does work all things together for good. I don't, I don't understand how he does that. And not everything is good, but he works it, Romans 8.28, together for good. So, Joseph's story is apropos. Brothers sell him into slavery. He's abandoned by his family. He finds himself in a foreign land, falsely accused, falsely imprisoned. You guys know the story. But eventually, God works it together to fulfill a master plan that he's working in Israel to bring forth the Messiah, to protect the Jewish people, etc. But when Joseph was sitting in a prison each and every night, I'm not sure if he always could say to himself, I know this. I know God's working it together for good. He could look back and see what happened. And so I think, once again, habit of life is to say, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. But there's going to be times when it's hard. The word for uh, give thanks, single Greek word, eucharisteo, 
It's actually where the idea of the Eucharist comes from. Eucharisteo, it means to be grateful, to express gratitude, to say grace at a meal, to feel thankful, to give thanks, to be grateful. That's what we do. We are a thankful people. Now, sometimes people will go to the book of Job and they'll say, see, even Job, all his kids died and the, he lost everything and the enemy hit him with boils and destroyed his life. And Job said, naked I came into the world, naked I'm going to leave it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord and he did not blame God. But you all need to read the rest of Job. Because after that, Job didn't do so hot. He questioned the day of his birth. He questioned his existence. He questioned God. He questioned his friends. He questioned everything. Why was I born? The date of my birth should have just been expelled from the calendar. In fact, the night I was conceived should be gone. <laughs> where, where, where? Hey, I'm telling you, you guys, read the rest of the book of Job. And even though we honor Job for what he did in that moment, <laughs> he spent the next many, many chapters. And I just taught completely through the book of Job on Wednesday night complaining, questioning, where were you? And then at what seems his lowest low, Job will say something like this, but I know my Redeemer lives. <laughs> and at the end, he will take his stand on the earth. And even when my flesh is destroyed, in my flesh I will see God and not another. But it doesn't mean that he didn't go through the normal Stuff that we all go through. And if you feel terrible, that you don't feel as spiritual at times, when you go through that stuff and you start going down your list, <laughs> join the club. Even Jonah. Remember Jonah? The Lord says, go to Nineveh, that great city. Preach to it. Nope. Jonah had a sign. Oh, no, I won't go. Oh, no, I won't go. And he, he bought a ticket and he went the other direction. And God said, okay. That's the way you want to play it? Time for a storm, right? And Jonah prayed after three days and three nights in the belly of the great sea monster. <laughs> he got spiritual. Sometimes that's what it takes for us to wake up. God put him in the storm and he prayed. He said, this is Jonah 2.9. I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. And then the Lord commanded the fish and he vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. The regurgitated prophet found some new joy. Surfers were on the shore. Dude, where you been, seaweed hat going on? I've been in the ocean, man. <laughs> right? He found gratitude in the belly of a sea monster. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on donate.
Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And Jonah prayed after three days and three nights in the belly of the great sea monster. (laughs) He got spiritual. Sometimes that's what it takes for us to wake up. God put him in the storm and he prayed. He said, this is Jonah 2.9. I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed I will pay salvation is from the Lord. And then the Lord commanded the fish, and he vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. The regurgitated prophet found some new joy. Surfers were on the shore. Dude, where you been, seaweed hat going on? I've been in the ocean, man. <laughs> right? He found gratitude in the belly of a sea monster. And if he can find it there, perhaps I can find it where I find myself right now, wherever that may be. Not saying it's easy. But we have a wonderful assurance that our God ultimately will work out His plan. Puritan Thomas Watson observed, a sickbed often teaches more than a sermon. And the enemy comes at us and he says, how could God possibly use this for good? And I know that even in our own fellowship, we've had some recent occurrences where we struggle with that. For me, I I look back at a a dad that left our family when I was four. I would have not known him had he passed me on the street. And I will tell you that in my teenage years, I was an angry young man. And I, that anger expressed itself in different ways, but it was ultimately about being abandoned. And I had a, I was a baseball player and I had a dream that I would play for the Chicago Cubs and my dad would see me on television and I would prove him wrong. And I, it drove me to some very destructive behavior. And then I met the father of the fatherless. His name is Jesus. Amen. My wife and my mother-in-law seated on the front row. And Anne, sweet Anne here, lost a son to leukemia when he was six years old. And my wife watched him die. And we don't, we don't understand that. We don't get it. My mom... Uh, who will be at the second service, lost uh, twins. They were, they were born premature in the 60s, and uh, technology wasn't as good at that time, and they both, they both died. And it was a horrible blow to my mom, and my mom was having marriage problems as well. 
But one of those twins that died was named Michael William Lance, which is my name. And I've told you guys the story before, but I had asked my mom, Mom, if that twin wouldn't have died, would you have had me? And my mom paused. <laughs> and I went, whoa, <laughs> hello. And some of you have heard me share this before, but I think this is the Holy Spirit just having me share this. And my mom said, Michael, you, yeah, maybe you wouldn't have been bored, but this is my mom, but God had a plan. Do I understand that? Do I understand why that child died and I lived? I don't. But I find refuge in a God who's sovereign, even though I don't understand all of his ways. What I do know is that he loves me. And that gives me a thankful heart. I know that somewhere in his sovereignty, he had a plan for my life. And I know he's good. And even though I can look around right now like you, and it's hard for me to rejoice always and pray without ceasing and be thankful in every situation, yet I'm trying to find my bearings. <laughs> Amen? Just like you. Lord, teach me how to be a man of worship. Teach me how to be more like you. This is what Jesus modeled. He modeled prayer. He, he modeled a uh, life of gladness. And he modeled gratitude. We're going to end right there, but I just want to read a final verse to you. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built upon him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed in overflowing or superabounding with gratitude. Colossians 2, 6, and 7. Father, thank you for your living word and for these three positive imperatives about pure worship. We're to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, give thanks. This or these are God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And I would imagine if there are others like me in this crowd, <laughs> measuring ourselves against these positive imperatives leaves us feeling greatly wanting. Like, oh boy, <laughs> I have some progress to make. But thank you for your word, because your word gives us light and challenges us to get better. And nothing you say in your word is impossible for us to do. With God, all things are possible. So would you help your people, Lord? Would you help me to rejoice always, to find my joy in Jesus? Would you anoint us with the oil of gladness? He has made me glad. Would you teach us how to pray? Which is something the disciples asked of you. Teach us how to have a life of prayer, not just to pray prayers, not just to sit before a meal and go through a rote prayer, but to be people of prayer, to be aware of your presence, to have a Godward gaze, to have my eyes continually on the author and perfecter of my faith. And then help us to be thankful. We can survey our lives right now, Lord, and even though there's some bumps and bruises there and some hard things, there's a lot to be grateful for. We're grateful to our God, grateful for our salvation, grateful that you have allowed us to wake up today, to experience life, your presence, your beauty. We can look around at things that we can begin to list and find beauty in your creation, 
beauty in our salvation, gratitude in so many things that you've blessed us with, Lord. Help us to be a grateful people, to give you thanks, and to model that to the generation that's behind us because it's a generation that is hurting and often hopeless. And these three imperatives are so hopeful. They're so full of light. They get our gaze with it where it belongs. If you stay in that attitude of prayer, if you've not met the God who is the God of joy and peace, he's also righteous and holy. If you've not made a decision to follow him, this would be a good time to just say, Lord God, would you save me? I want to know you. I want to come to know you through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on that cross for me and defeated death by coming out of that tomb just like you said you would. Thank you that there's hope beyond the grave. I trust in you with my salvation. My salvation must come from you. Save me, Lord. Not only do I ask for salvation, but I want to follow you as my King and my God and my Lord. I want to learn how to worship you, to walk with you. If you're a prodigal and you've lost your joy, maybe your decision-making has brought you to a point of low lowness and emptiness. Maybe you've strayed. If you come back home, the Father will rejoice. He'll throw the party, if you will, and he'll welcome you home. And dear Saint, I just want to pray over you right now, Father, for this precious congregation. This week you've given us maybe what we could call a classic three-point sermon on what to do. And these are such challenging things because they don't come natural to us, but they are the product of walking with God, getting serious about our life of worship. Help us, Lord. This week, let this be our aim, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to be thankful. And I think we'll be doing well. We love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. You've been listening to Pure Worship, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've ever wondered about the church behind Walk in Truth, well, it's Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And we have another free 633 event coming on Wednesday, November 11th at 7 p.m. Pastor Michael will have a conversation with Dr. Diane Bull about breaking the chains that bind us, seeking truth about sexuality. You are, of course, invited, but if you're not in the area, you can watch live on our YouTube page. Get all the information and directions on our Living Truth app or by calling 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. That's the Living Truth app or call 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. All right, here it is. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in everything. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, a national holiday is coming up called Thanksgiving. Maybe I'll be thankful between the hours of uh, 10 and 2, right after my pumpkin pie. If my team wins, maybe I'll be thankful. You know, if there's a good sale at the store, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you thankful? Are you thankful only because things are going right? Look, we all want that. We all appreciate that. 
But how about gratitude for the little things? How about that you could think about celebrating a holiday? How about you could think about having a plate of food, having some pumpkin pie, having the ability to buy something at the store if you wanted to? Uh, Man, there's so many things that we kind of take for granted. Now, you might not be feeling it. Maybe you're not feeling very thankful right now. This is where you got to ask God. See, pure worship is about asking God even to give you a heart of gratitude. And when you turn your focus to him, you can't help but be thankful. Well, we're looking at pure worship. These three little great challenging exhortations in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. We're so glad you're listening. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Hey, if you're new to the broadcast, welcome aboard. We get into the Word of God. We deal with whatever's there. Verse by verse, we go through it and we deal with it. And we're glad you're listening and we're glad for the power of God's word. Hey, we would love for you to partner with us in this ministry and you can find out how to give and uh, how to support what you're hearing and be a partner with us when you go to walkintruth.com. We'll catch you tomorrow right here for more on Pure Worship. One more thing before we go. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please give your $5 donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's continued teaching about pure worship, this time in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 28. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.